At long last, like a bat out of hell, like a bullet from a shell, like an old ne'er-do-well, I'm back, baby. This week, we're diving deep below the waves to trawl the ocean floor in search of a very mysterious isotope. Life is fleeting, and so is memory. We're playing Station to Station, the scientific thriller from the Procyon Network. Happy Bastille Day, kids. Down with tyrants and long live the Republic. This is Radio Drama Revival. Hey folks, welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the podcast that showcases the diversity and vitality of modern audio fiction. I'm your host, David Reinstrom, and I am married! Woo! Feels good. Feels pretty normal, frankly. Jillian and I had a fantastic wedding and a lovely mini-moon, and it was so good to know that this podcast was in the capable hands of my capable friends. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Eli. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, James. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Monique. Y'all are the greatest. And you're making me obsolete up in this, John. Before we get going, I want to take this opportunity to tell you about the shout-out, which is a new feature we're rolling out here on RDR. If you have a one-off announcement you want to make, or a promotion that you'd like to have boosted to our listenership, or even, like, a poem or something you want me to read, head to our website, radiodramarevival.com, and click on the link that says Shout-out. Every shout-out helps to fund our hosting fees and support the show. Okay, now to regular business. This week and next week, we're going to be playing Station to Station, a production from the Procyon Network. You may recall we played their Starship Iris about a year ago. Procyon is a network of podcasters dedicated to telling stories from underrepresented perspectives. This story, brought to us by creators Alex Yoon and Andrea Clausen, delivers... It's a potboiler. It's a dense one. It's a thinker. I have listened to Station to Station four times now. It's a ten-episode series that wraps up in a satisfying way, but still leaves space for new adventures for a season two. It's got a couple of sci-fi elements, sure, but what I think it is most of all is a tautly plotted spy thriller. And I love a spy thriller. Miranda Chuan is a biochemical researcher aboard a private research vessel called the Astrid. She was supposed to meet up with her lab partner, Jonathan Costello. But John's not there. What follows is a dizzying descent into nightmares. It's linear, except when it isn't, but it all makes sense. You will be able to understand and enjoy the entire series after the first listen, but I think that the show really starts to blossom and develop on the second go-round. That's not an indictment, that's praise. This thing is a mystery box, but unlike J.J. Abrams' mystery box style of filmmaking, where there are only questions and no answers, Station to Station has answers that shake you to the core. So, let's get into it. This is Episode 1 of Station to Station, Standard Operating Procedure. Station. Episode 1. Standard Operating Procedure. 
Today is April 13th. This is the unofficial audio log of Dr. Miranda Chien, scientist from the Institute of Advanced Biochemical Research Development. What you are about to hear are not the recordings that I was asked to make by my employer, Malix International. And if you are listening to this, I am probably dead or worse. In the four days I have been aboard the SS Astrid, I have found that my research partner and best friend, Jonathan Costello, has disappeared. I'm... The only clues I have are what seems to be an audio log and a stack of research notes that he left for me. I'm here to find out what happened. Today is April 7th, this is audio log 1, and I am Dr. Miranda Chien, scientist from the Institute of Advanced Biochemical Research Development. I am on board the research vessel, the SS Astrid. Today is the first day of mobilization, and we will be traveling at 14 knots from Port of Seward, Alaska, and into the North Pacific. I hereby declare that all recordings you hear from this point on have been made by me for purposes of this trip, as requested by my employers, Malix International. This audio log will contain my research notes and diary entries of my daily life on the boat. I give my full permission to use any of the following recordings for educational or informative purposes, for future documentation and for research follow-up. Right. Let's see, what else? This is my third year doing this cruise, fairly straightforward. We've just started mob, like I said, so that means uh, forming a work line and sorting through boxes of food, equipment, whatever, um, moving them onto the ship. Although the workload is lighter this year, arranged by the sponsors, apparently. Nice of them. If I weren't naturally suspicious of corporate backing as a principle and the corporate science of industrial complex, I would be over the moon, but... I've been taking some time to set up the lab. We've got some really fancy stuff in here. One of the geologists brought in an electron transmission microscope, and I think I saw an XRD machine being lifted in. It's a mixed bag this year. We have about eight different institutions on board and about 40 crew members on top of that. I think someone said that we have in total 84 souls. That's a lot more people than what I'm used to, but... Yeah? You got a minute? Won't take a sec, I promise. Just doing a head count. 
Yeah. You're... Sebastian Fredrickson. I work in the lab right next to yours. I haven't seen you around before. Yeah, I keep to myself. Can I help you? It's, uh, it's just that the headcount's not really matching up to the manifest, and management's freaking out a bit. You know how they are. One missing ROV member, and they almost had a stress ulcer. Okay. Well, I don't know the ROV crew, so... Right. No, I meant... You were supposed to share a lab bench with, uh, Jonathan Costello? He hasn't showed yet and hasn't given any notice. You heard anything from him? No, I haven't. I'm sorry, I wish I could help, but I actually haven't really heard from him in a while. When did you say was the last time you had contact with him? I didn't, and I... I don't really remember. Give me a ballpark. It must have been... August or something? Before he left. For a job, I mean. He was recruited to work on a confidential govern government project thing, and he left in early September. Look, I'm sorry, I really can't help you, but if he shows up, I'll tell you first thing, yeah? Alright, no worries. I'll leave you to get settled. Oh my god. I sounded really rude. I'll have to apologize if I run into him later. Right, so backstory, I usually do this trip with my research partner Jonathan, but it would seem he hasn't bothered to show up yet. He got a gig a while back, I think it was for a government contract project, but he didn't clarify, and since then it's been nothing but radio silence. I was, I was hoping that he would show up, I guess. It's a bit lonely out here. God, I just wish he would have told me. He's got half the preparation and experiment plans I needed. The only thing I have to go on are a secondary data from an old archive that got mailed to me, and it wasn't even the one I sent in for. This is... Anyway, nose to the grindstone and all that. I have so much to do. First task of the ship, check the chambers and specifics of the Jude engine, calibrate the diffusion fluids, double secure the sample subjects, and calibrate the control valve. I'm just a bit disappointed, I guess. I haven't even gotten so much of a phone call from him in four months, so I was just... It's... You know what? It's not a big deal. I'll just shout at him when I see him again. Tuesday, 1700 hours. We will officially be on our way in an hour. The lab bench is pretty roomy. I've got enough space to spread everything out on it, for once. It feels weird being the only one going at it alone. Well, more room for me, I guess. No fighting over fridge space this year. Screw you, John, for buggering off, but. At least I have this. Oh, thank God. So, okay, I found a big box of notes on my doorstep about a week before I set sail, and they're all first-hand data from like 15 years back. 
It's the original research that I'm basing my work on. I've been going through them, not very thoroughly, but last few pages has John's old notes attached. Pretty much just annotations here and there, but more than what I've been given to work with. I'd been worrying so much yesterday, I felt like I just aged five years. But the place of origin for the record is Skipsy Research Centre for Biochemistry. They... Okay, if I'm honest, the notes look like the drawings of an enthusiastic child, but the data is there, which is what matters. My purpose on this research cruise is to look into the preservation of organic matter using various methods of containing element 720 alpha. The experiment is based on the research of Dr. Adelaide Montague, who first discovered this in 2002 in the North Pacific. It was a few hundred miles west of British Columbia coast, following a report of a sudden increase in toxicity levels. Originally carried out by Montague's team, the expedition discovered that the entire seabed had become, for a lack of better phrase, frozen in time. Nothing was aging, nothing was healing, nothing was changing. A newly discovered element named 720-alpha was isolated at the site. 720-alpha had isotope-like behaviours but also electromagnetic and gravitational properties, and it is believed this was the cause of the time freeze. There are certain more eccentric theories that it's some kind of quantum matter. It's not a popular theory. The first of Montague's experiments managed to isolate and replicate 720-alpha. Following this, the Jude engine was built to replicate the conditions of the original site, but it was only the follow-up expedition led by the, again, yes. I was just wondering if you were joining for orientation dinner. It's in an hour. Everyone else is uh, gathered yes, upstairs. Yes, I'd like to join orientation dinner. And sorry about earlier. I didn't mean to be rude. I just... I wasn't expecting anyone. I'll be up at six. Right then. I'll see you in a... Oh. God. I just slammed the door in his face. Oh. Tuesday, 18.30. Huh. Okay. I need some more time with this. These aren't John's old notes. They're well-researched and in-depth, but not anything like the ones he made while we were working together. I think... Hmm. I thought I recognised something, but... Oh, this bit looks like gibberish. And this page has his results and analysis, but the theory's not anything like what I've worked with. Skipsy. Skipsy. Why does that sound so familiar? Log 4, Tuesday, 2300 hours. Following are the introductory notes from Dr. Montague's work, for the record. The reaction and level of permeation of the wave particles into organic matter 
is dependent on the stability of the particles itself. The algorithm can only calculate with 67% accuracy the spread and field of the... I can't read this. I need to transcribe it into something legible before I try to dictate into a recorder. Huh. Although... That's interesting. That's really interesting. Log 5, Wednesday, 1100 hours. I missed orientation dinner. But no matter, first day on the sea, I have missed this a bit, if I'm honest. I didn't even get seasick when we left the port and all the equipment works beautifully. Perks of being on a privately funded research trip, I guess. The equipment, I mean, not the seasickness. That's my own superpower. Fancy tech, bigger cabins, nicer boats, and better food than last year. I mean, I wasn't expecting caviar and foie gras, but the breakfast spread was surprisingly good stuff. ROV's going down tomorrow, which means I finally get to get my hands on a couple of samples and start working. The cabin next to mine is empty. It's so quiet out here. I'd forgotten how vast everything seems. You can't actually hear the ocean unless the boat is moving or the waves are lapping the sides. Usually during the day you can hear the pipes or something from the deck or some lab equipment or another whirring away. But then at night, everything feels different at night. <laughs> it just feels kind of lonely, I guess. We've always done the cruise together, John and I. And it's always easier when I'm with someone else. Log six, Captain said that there's a storm warning on the way. It's a minor one, but it means everyone's going to be stuck in their cabins for a few days and no activity in the labs. I need to get started on prepping the samples before the storm hits. God knows that this can't wait another two days. Shipsy. I figured out where I remember that name from. It was the first location of Malix's R&D. Log 7, Thursday, 700 hours. Today's the first dive. I watched them do a test dive earlier. What they do is they send an underwater submersible out with a camera. We tell the technicians what we need, point the camera there, grab a piece of that, turn it 30 degrees, and they get a samples. I have missed this bit too, where they send the vehicle down and we get to just wait for it to surface with something like a bunch of nerdy tech top fishermen. The rest of the day is going to be sorting through everything and fighting for fridge space, and maybe elbowing some people to get to the wet lab first. 
We're getting close to the site where compound 720 alpha was found, around 300 kilometers parallel to the coast of Juneau and British Columbia. There is some weird stuff going on down there. It's like a, like a video game simulation. Everything looks the same, no biodiversity whatsoever, even though the seabed is thriving and the fish samples all look healthy. This is where the bulk of my research will be focused on, area 6459, and the effect of it on living ocean organisms. Oh, and the ROV team is named, <laughs> Christ alive, the ROV team is named K9 Alpha Squad. John's notes. There's something off about them. I don't, I don't remember him working on it. It's not like anything we've done together. If he worked on this before August, then I would have seen it. So this would have been done either in his spare time or this is all his research from his time while while he was away so he sent me the files from skipsy somehow so he was was john working for malix Skipsy Research. That's where Malux was founded. Log 8, Friday, 1300 hours. I've chosen to ignore what I spent three nights transcribing. The results are irrelevant to my work at hand. The control conditions are completely different to mine and the technology used to conduct it was too primitive for the precision I need anyway. Furthermore, furthermore, Montague theorized several possibilities to the nature of 720 Alpha. All of these theories were introduced in the conclusion, including something about time dilation, all of which require follow-up data, currently not in my possession. From here on, I will be conducting my own research, work with what I have, and see if I I don't know. I'll just make it up as I go along, I suppose. I found something taped to the inside of my wardrobe. Um, it's a Walkman slash recorder with one tape inside. It, it looks like that clunky old thing that Jonathan used. I think. I think that means he was on the ship. This is a... This is probably the last recording I'm gonna make. You're hearing this well, I'm... No, I'm... I'm probably dead. 
someone is taking me to a secret CIA bunker to waterboard me, but anyway, Miranda, I hope you get this. I really, really hope that it's you listening to this and not, not anyone else. <laughs> you have to look for mom. People everywhere. I don't know how many, but so be on the lookout. I need you to promise me that no matter what happens, my notes, the algorithm, the formula, all of my research, I need you to make sure they don't fall into the wrong hands. Do not let them get a hold of it. Please. I can't tell you everything. I don't even know half of what's going on myself, and I... I don't want to put you in danger. But you've always been smarter than me, and you've always been the one who knows what to do, so... I screwed up. I screwed it up real bad, and I'm not asking you to fix it. Please, please, just be careful. This is a private entry. I'm recording it separately. I've been looking through the notes again. Uh, th they don't make any more sense, but I... I... What was he so afraid of? What was it that had him so terrified? He didn't even tell me. He was so afraid of telling me. Why leave the recording device in my room? Did he want me to find it? Is that why? What does he have that would put him in danger? Why bring it on the ship? Why send it to me? Did he send it to me? But the files, the papers... <laughs> I'm getting a headache. I don't even know if he's alive or not. He... He was working for Mallets while he made that tape. He was working for Mallets while he made that tape. This boat! I'm trapped and he... And they... Oh, God. No, no, I, I, I can't panic about this right now. I, I need to get to the bottom of it. I think, I, I need to work on the basis that whatever he was looking for is on board. And I need to solve it or find or, or whatever. I need an answer.
I need to know why he disappeared off the face of the earth with what looks like a... Like... A suicide note. Today is April 13th. This is the unofficial audio log of Dr. Miranda Chien, scientist from the Institute of Advanced Biochemical Research Development. What you are about to hear are not the audio recordings that I was asked to make by my employer, Malix International. And if you are listening to this, I am probably dead or worse. In the four days I have been aboard the SS Astrid, I have found that my research partner and best friend, Jonathan Costello, has disappeared. I'm... <sighs> His tapes are... The only clues I have about his disappearance, the only clues I have about his disappearance are what seems to be an audio log and a stack of research notes that he left for me. I'm here to find out what happened. Station to Station is a production of Procyon Podcast Network. This episode was written by Alex Yoon and directed by Alex Yoon and Andrea Klassen. Music composed by Dominic Wright. Sound engineering by Aaron S. Featuring the voice of Emily Wong and Joe Chang as Miranda Chen, Zach Labresco as Sebastian Fredrickson, Hunter Grin as Jonathan Costello. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash station to station. You can also find us on Twitter at S2S Podcast and on Tumblr at S2S podcast.tumblr.com. That was standard operating procedure. Next week, Alex and Andrea, the creators of the show, join me to discuss how they constructed the show, the David Bowie record that gives the podcast its title, media representation for underrepresented minorities, and, as always, the dread pull of the briny deep. If you loved that, well, you're in luck, because as of this recording, season two of Station to Station is finishing up its scripting and editing. It's going into production, and we're going to start seeing new episodes as soon as the end of August. So, keep your ears open for that, friends. You can find Station to Station on your favorite podcatching service, and you can contribute to the Station to Station Patreon at patreon.com slash station to station. That's station numeral two station. And as long as you're there, I mean, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash radiodramarevival. A dollar gets you into our Discord chat channel, where you can match wits with me and my friends by participating in Weirdo David Jeopardy. A recent Weirdo David Jeopardy question, ready for this jelly for 100 point bucks. 
A knidocyte is one of the stinging cells found on a jellyfish's tentacles. Its name comes from a Greek word for this stinging plant. Buzz. Yes, David. What is a nettle? Correct, David. All this and more on Patreon. And remember, visit our website, radiodramarevival.com, to submit a shout-out for your anniversary or business or piece of microfiction you want read by me during this show. And now, credits. Our theme music is Danger Digi-Do by DJ Stranger Danger. You can find his music on SoundCloud. Our line producer is Helmsman Matthew Boudreaux. He stands atop the conning tower like a scarecrow, unmoving even in gale-force winds. He can see trouble coming at a thousand leagues. Our interviews producer is Eli McElveen, Neurochemical Research. Oh, Eli does all sorts of fascinating experiments with neurotoxins. Just don't try to take any of his chocolates when he's not looking. They had to put me on a ventilator for like 16 hours until my body remembered how to breathe on its own. Our associate producer is Sean Howard, ship's cook. Oh, wow, the things that man can coax out of breadcrumbs and half a tin of Vienna sausages. Frankly, folks, it boggles the mind. One time I saw him make beef wellington out of a quarter cup of mustard seeds, a single package of Pillsbury Crescent Rolls, and a can of corned beef, and it was delicious? What? You're a wizard, Sean! Our researchers are Heather Cohen and Monique Boudreaux, diving technicians. We keep Heather and Monique in a high-pressure saturation chamber bolted to the bottom of the podcast. It prevents them from getting the bends when they surface. Read about it. But it also means that we give them Heliox, which means they have squeaky little voices all dang day. Anyway, one time they found some pirate treasure, but then we spent it all on liquor and pie because of reasons. Anyway, support us on Patreon. Our social media manager is James Oliva, midshipman first class. When he's not appearing in every single audio drama known to man, he's operating our Facebook and Twitter feeds. Don't worry, Swabby. At this rate, every living human being will have heard your voice inside of ten years. Our executive producer is Fred Greenhouse, the vice admiral, who commands a great and terrible fleet. His vessels garter the world twice over. His ships of the line eat dinghies for breakfast. His hardtack biscuits are so tough they receive the Congressional Medal of Honor from Tip O'Neill in 1986. I'm your captain and host, David Reinstrom, and this has been Radio Drama Revival. All storytellers welcome. It's good to be back. Nice to be in the captain's chair. Rolling around, squeaking the captain's chair. Okay. David out.